Welcome to the Akeen Mind Podcast. My name is Jude Johnson, and I'm a licensed therapist and meditation teacher. Most people struggle with stress and feel overwhelmed when they can't keep up with life's demands. Wow. There are a lot of demands in our world today. There is a lot of hurting and suffering in our world today. There's a lot of stress and anxiety right now. And I believe that we can be hopeful. I believe that deep inside the spirit of human beings is a deep desire to live fully and authentically. And I believe that mindfulness is a skill that can help. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how we can become more mindful of race. And following this talk will be a guided meditation. I really feel ill-equipped to adequately address the complexities of race. So I'm just going to do my best to talk about this issue in an open, honest, and compassionate way. I apologize in advance for any oversights or any level of bias that I bring to talking about this very sensitive and important topic. I remember the first time I watched the video of George Floyd lying there helpless with this officer's knee on his neck and him saying, I can't breathe. Him calling out for his mother and the unimaginable feelings of anger, sadness, disgust that his family must have experienced, that anyone with a heart experiences, that anyone with compassion seeing this man suffer is feeling. We see the injustice. We see the unfair treatment for him to just take his life right in front of us while the world was watching. In the midst of a pandemic when we have over 120,000 people who have died from COVID-19, our society and our world is facing more difficulty than it's ever faced before. And so sometimes when we're going through major stress and challenges, it exposes some of our weaknesses, some of the areas that we need to grow as individuals and as a society. So I certainly don't have all the answers to racial injustice or even about mindfulness or therapy. There's so much information out there, and I am going to be a forever student, continuing to educate myself and learn as much as possible and to remain curious. And I believe that this issue needs a lot of attention and that it may easily get lost in the shuffle when the media attention dies down, that we begin to focus on other things that are going on in our lives and to gloss over injustice, to gloss over some of our most important relationships and values as individuals and as a society. So part of my job is as a licensed marriage and family therapist. So much of the time I am sitting down to meet with people and understand their history, understand what they've been through, understand their history of their relationships, how they see themselves. And when I can get a good understanding of their relationships and their history, then I can begin to better understand this person 
understand how they think, understand how they feel, if I can listen to them with compassion and understanding and have a good idea about what has been helpful and what has been damaging to them in their lives along the way, then I can begin to become someone who is trusted because I've developed a relationship with them. But if I don't listen to what they've been through, if I cannot empathize with their feelings, then I can't establish any trust. If I don't establish trust, then any and all skills that I have are rendered useless. So when we talk about race, when we talk about relationships, I think it's important to look at history. I don't think we get very far by staying in the past, of course not, but we have to understand the past to understand what's happening right now in any relationship. So the relationship between whites and blacks has been undeniably riddled with violence, oppression, racism. And the relationship began in 1500 when about 12 million blacks were forcibly taken and put on ships and sold into slavery. One and a half to two million men, women, and children died due to detestable conditions aboard these slave ships. Think about the fact that this is where our relationship began between blacks and whites. Now, you may be thinking, my goodness, that was ancient history. That was so long ago, and we've made so much progress. And I would agree that we have made progress. And while we've made progress, it didn't happen because people were passive. They had to take action. They had to make sacrifices. Civil rights leaders had to stand up and sacrifice everything. And many of them sacrificed their lives so that there would be the possibility for equality. Yet we still see injustice, racial injustice in the world with the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, and many, many others. When I saw George Floyd on the ground with this officer kneeling on his neck as he cried out for his mother, saying that he couldn't breathe, my heart broke. My heart broke that no one around this officer in a position of power stopped him. That we could sit back and watch such an injustice silently. So I can't remain silent. And I think if we remain silent, if we ignore history and the feelings of our African-American brothers and sisters about racial injustice and inequality, then we're not really listening and we're not really caring about their suffering. We need to think about why we're seeing the largest protests in history for racial justice across the world. I love this quote by Ashley Warner, a psychologist, who says that beneath every behavior, there's a feeling and beneath each feeling, there is a need. And when we meet that need, rather than focus on the behavior, we begin to deal with the cause, not the symptom. If we want to mend relationships, we have to listen with empathy and act with compassion. We have to stop pointing fingers and be part of the solution. As a white male, I have privileges that African Americans don't have. Privilege 
is when you don't have to respond to a problem because it doesn't affect you personally. Some of you may believe that that is a myth, that everyone has all the same privileges, but I can guarantee you if I go jogging in the neighboring um, parts of the town that I live in, I'm not going to be concerned about people discriminating against me because of the color of my skin. But that if I was a black man who was going to go jogging in unknown neighborhoods, that I might be worried that somebody's going to think that I don't belong there. And I can say this based on my own clinical experiences and working with African Americans who's told me stories like this and people that I know personally who don't feel safe going places, driving places, because of this kind of profiling and discrimination that does exist. And I think that most people are not overtly discriminating. None of us want to believe that we think of someone else in a lower light, that we don't see them as being as good as we are, because that would mean that we're racist. But I think one thing that is important to note is that racism doesn't always occur in such an obvious way, that we learn things over time from our culture, our family, friends, education, media, school, and some of our biases are unconscious or, or implicit, which means that well-meaning people like you and I have subconscious judgments and biases without even realizing that we have them. Implicit bias, subconscious bias can occur even when people think that they're being fair. Stanford did research and reviewed 95 million traffic records from 2011 to 2018 and found that police stopped fewer black drivers at night when there was a veil of darkness that obscured their race. But despite being pulled over less in the evening, African Americans and Latinos were still more likely to have their cars searched in comparison to whites. This is a racial bias. We need to work to learn to understand our biases and to learn what we can do to bring a greater sense of fairness and equality back into our system. There is some evidence that mindfulness can be beneficial in reducing racial bias. I believe that it's helpful because the intention is to be non-judgmental. It's to be compassionate and friendly to yourself as well as others. I think that when we become more conscious of our bias, we can act in healthier and happier ways. I think we also need to work as individuals and as a society to become healthier and happier so that we can have the strength to do this difficult work. The truth is, how many people really want to think about injustice? How many people want to be pulled away from their everyday lives to think about the suffering that is going on in the world? I think the truth is, is that in our culture, we're really good at distracting ourselves from things that we don't want to focus on, pain that we don't want to feel. And then when it does come up, when we are asked to take a look inside, we jump right into the familiar feeling of debating one another, figuring out who's right, figuring out who's wrong, instead of having conversations. 
instead of being curious about people who see the world differently than we do? What would happen if we could start having real conversations, one in which we were curious about how someone else is feeling? What would it be like if we could look past things that we see as being irrational and focus on the feeling first to listen to understand? I love this anonymous quote that I've heard again and again, which is, the world is divided between those who believe they are right. That's right. Everyone believes they're right. However, if we can open up to a level of curiosity, then we can begin to see things through a new lens. What would happen in our world if we began to address the pain that minorities and marginalized populations feel? What if we could start having these conversations? My family and I went uptown Charlotte to visit the Black Lives Matter mural. And upon arriving, there was an African-American male who greeted us. And I could tell he wanted to talk, so I just stopped and we began to have a conversation. And without any hesitation, the first thing he says to me is, I love y'all. In that moment, he reminded me of the value of leading in with compassion, with kindness. This is what makes change possible. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King Jr., what a beautiful, beautiful quote. But any change in a relationship or in a society, if you really think about it, has started with anger. It is the understanding and the awareness that something is not fair here. Something is unjust, and I need to pay attention to this. So the anger can begin to help us focus, but it is our compassion and kindness that will help bring us together. And compassion really is about having a willingness to listen and understand, to have empathy, to see someone else's point of view, rather than just to believe what we're thinking and feeling. I'm working to educate myself on anti-racism, injustice, racial bias, and I am committed to being part of the solution. I'm having conversations with family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues about racism. The important question is, what will you do to be part of the solution? How can you lead right where you are? I would recommend beginning by listening to Brian Stevenson's TED Talk, We Need to Talk About Injustice. And if you're curious after that, check out True Justice by Brian Stevenson's Fight for Equality. And you'll be able to find links to the TED Talk and the documentary in the show notes. My hope is that some people will begin to look more closely at what's going on in the world and inside themselves. I believe that we all have the capacity to make positive changes, to widen and deepen our compassion, our sense of peace and ability to experience joy in life. I believe that we have to take good care of ourselves 
to take care of the life that's right here so that we can widen these circles of compassion. So let's transition now into a guided meditation. Begin by taking a comfortable position, noticing where your body is making contact with the surface beneath you. Arriving in this moment, in this body, noticing how you feel, warmth, coolness, tingling. See if you can allow your experiences to be just as they are. And then beginning to take several deep breaths as a way of collecting the attention, breathing in deeply through the nose and letting the breath go through the mouth, releasing, letting go. Continuing to breathe in this manner, a deep breath in through the nose, filling the chest and lungs and then letting the breath go through the mouth, letting be. Continuing to take these deep breaths, but not forcing, not pushing, not pulling. Just nice, big, deep breath in, letting go. Softening the belly. Breathing in to a soft and relaxed belly. And as you let go, let the belly become more soft more at ease. Allowing yourself to settle fully into this moment. Giving yourself permission to let go of trying to fix or solve anything. Laying out a welcome map for all of your experiences. Watching thoughts come and go. Noticing waves of sensation and feeling come and go. As you're invited to rest back just being the awareness that's watching the activities of the mind and the body with nothing to do about any of it, just watching. And then coming back to this familiar breath, noticing the coolness as you breathe in and the warmth as you breathe out. Being aware of the coolness as you breathe in. Noticing the warmth as you breathe out. Bringing a sense of curiosity to breathing. Noticing the length and duration of your breath. 
Noticing the body's movement as you breathe in and out. Notice where you can detect the breath most easily. Perhaps it's the nostrils, back of the throat, chest, belly. Just notice where you feel the breath. Noticing how you easily bring attention to the sensations of breathing. And while the attention may be pulled away to thinking, feelings, and other sensations, you can choose in this moment to come back to this breath. Choosing to come back again and again without judgment, without criticism, without the need to seek for perfection, but just with the deep intention to be present with breathing. Noticing where the attention goes and gently, kindly coming back to this breath. See if you can allow your awareness to take on qualities of friendliness, openness, kindness. Seeing if you can make space and room for this experience to be just as it is. Observing your inner life with kindness. As you ride the waves of your breath flowing in and out. You're invited now to bring to mind what your intention is, what really, really matters to you, to be happy, peaceful, to feel loving. Just whisper this intention to yourself in your mind. May I be happy. May I be joyful. May I have compassion and understanding for myself and others. May I live my life with joy and ease. May I be happy.
You're invited now to broaden your field of awareness to include other people in your life that you care for. Could be family, friends, colleagues. Maybe people that you know have been discriminated against. Whoever you can broaden your field of awareness to include, envision these people and wish them well. Saying, may you be happy, peaceful, safe, loved, free. May you have compassion and understanding for yourselves just as you are. May you be free of pain and suffering, even though there's pain and suffering. May you find joy and ease. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be loved. May you be free. And just envisioning various people come through your field of awareness and wishing them well. Just envisioning this kindness, this love flowing from your being to as many as you can include in your circle of kindness and compassion. And to broaden this circle of compassion, to include yourself, saying, may we be happy, may we be peaceful, may we be safe, may we be loved, may we be free. May we awaken to our potential for love and compassion. And then gently allowing the awareness to settle right here with the life that's right here, breathing in and out. Just recognizing how this body and mind are in this moment. And offering your kindness and understanding to the life that's right here. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. Loved. Free. May things go well in my life. And then gently allowing awareness to settle with the breath.
allowing your awareness to be open just like the sky, allowing thoughts and feelings to come and go. Staying with the breath, Take a few more breaths from this space right here. Now you can give yourself the gift of coming out of the meditation softly and gently. Allowing your eyes to open letting your body move, noticing how you feel. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you have questions or comments, you can reach out to me by visiting my website, akeenmind.com. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and give me a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you follow me on. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself and each other.